space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat-trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're on the angle. And what a goal! What a goal! Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad. You're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. Today's podcast, I'll just tell you, is going to be a bit more somber, a bit more reserved. I had some different things planned. I would have liked to have been super joyful uh, looking at the Major League Soccer season about to start and the National Women's Soccer League and USL starting here shortly. But uh, a couple days ago, there was a shooting near where I live. Uh, Ten people lost their lives. And it's been all over the news. Many people have tweeted out and taken social media and they push their agenda or they've made statements already that uh, they've had to walk back on some of them. It's been kind of sad and, and hard for me because I feel like we haven't even had a chance to to know who lost their lives and their stories, the families. During these times, one of the questions that gets asked many times is the question, where is God? Especially if you're a person of faith, especially if you're a Christian person, where is God? I've gotten a lot of texts, messages, hey, Rev, why did this happen? Or, or Rev, why does this keep on happening? Uh, If you know anything about Colorado, we've had several shootings throughout the years, school shootings, theater shootings. Now, this shooting coming at a grocery store. So as I was thinking about this question, where is God? In the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of a, a tragedy like this, I think there's a lot of things that get said in the public marketplace. But I don't know that we sit with and wrestle with this question, where is God? And I'll confess it's not a comfortable place to be in. It's not a comfortable question to try to answer. And today's podcast by no means tries to answer it in any way. But as I thought about this podcast, I honestly didn't want to do one. I just want to take a break. Hey, let's just go radio silent for the week in honor. But I felt compelled as I was reading some things um, this evening before actually recording And I wanted to share these readings with you. The first is a reading from um, a Christian known as John Stott. Uh, John was has been a longtime writer and uh, someone that's that's known for um, just his work in theology and and his his Bible work. The second reading is from Peter Kreeft. Peter's a, an American Catholic philosopher. Um, he also has written so many books. Um, he's been a, a great lecturer. And, and one of the things that he's placed an emphasis with his own life is just on the unity of the church, the unity between Catholic Christians and Protestant Christians. And so I want to read this uh, reading from Peter. 
entitled Shared Hells. And this comes from a section in his book entitled Making Sense Out of Suffering. I think it was published back in 1986. But I think there's some powerful words and considerations. I'm not sure because I'm reading this from a, a different source entitled Bread and Wine Readings for Lent and Easter. I'm not sure if the John Stott quote or, or passage that I'm going to read is also in Peter's writing. Uh, but I've included it here because I think it parallels uh, what might be really helpful for us. So if you can get past me for a minute, I don't know that I can read as, as these men intended to write. But I want to read these, these things because I think they help us answer the question, where is God? And if they don't help us to answer the question, they at least get us down the road. They at least may help us, may help you in some way. This first part is from John Stott. I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. The only God I believe in is the one Nietzsche ridiculed as quote, God on the cross. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who was immune to it? I've entered many Buddhist temples and stood respectfully before the statue of Buddha, his legs crossed, arms folded, eyes closed, the ghost of a smile playing round his mouth, a remote look on his face, detached from the agonies of the world. But each time after a while, I have had to turn away, and in imagination I have turned instead to that lonely, twisted, tortured figure on the cross. Nails through his hands and feet, back lacerated, limbs wrenched, brow bleeding from thorn pricks, mouth dry and intolerably thirsty, plunged in God-forsaken darkness. That is the God for me. He laid aside his immunity to pain, he entered our world of flesh and blood, tears and death. He suffered for us. And going on now, I, these are Peter Kreef's words. Calvary is judo. The enemy's own power is used to defeat him. Satan's craftily orchestrated plot rolled along according to plan by his agents, Judas, Pilate, Herod and Caiaphas culminated in the death of God. And this very event, Satan's conclusion, was God's premise. Satan's end was God's means. God won Satan's captives, us, back to himself by freely dying in our place. It is, of course, the most familiar, the most often told story in the world, yet it is also the strangest, and it has never lost its strangeness, its awe, and will not even in eternity, where angels tremble to gaze at things we yawn at. And however strange, it is the only key that fits the lock of our tortured lives and needs. We needed a surgeon. He came and reached into our wounds with bloody hands. He didn't give us a placebo or a pill or good advice. He gave us himself. He came. He entered space and time and suffering. He came like a lover. He did the most important thing, and he gave the most important gift himself. It is a lover's gift. Out of our tears, our waiting, our darkness, our agonized aloneness, out of our weeping and wondering, out of our cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He came all the way right into that cry. 
He sits beside us in the lowest places of our lives like water. Are we broken? He is broken with us. Are we rejected? Do people despise us, not for our evil, but for our good or attempted good? He was despised and rejected of men. Do we weep? Is grief our familiar spirit, our horrifyingly familiar ghost? Do we ever say, oh no, not again, I can't take it anymore? Do people misunderstand us, turn away from us? They hid their faces from him as from an outcast, a leper. Is our love betrayed? Are our tenderest relationships broken? He too loved and was betrayed by the ones he loved. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Does it seem sometimes as if life has passed us by or cast us out, as if we're sinking into uselessness and oblivion? He sinks with us. He too is passed over by the world. His way of suffering love is rejected. His own followers, often the most guilty of all, they have made his name a scandal, especially among his own chosen people. What Jew finds the road to him free from the broken weapons of bloody prejudice? We have made it nearly impossible for his own people to love him, to see him as he is, free from the smoke of battle and holocaust. How does he look upon us now? with continual sorrow, but never with scorn. We add to his wounds. There are 2,000 nails in his cross. We, his beloved and longed for and passionately desired, are constantly cold and correct and distant to him. And still he keeps brooding over the world like a hen over an egg, like a mother who has had all of her beloved children turn against her. Could a mother desert her young? Even so, I could not desert you. He sits beside us, not only in our sufferings, but even in our sins. He does not turn his face from us, however much we turn our face from him. Does he descend into all our hells? Yes. In the unforgettable line of Corey Ten Boom from the depths of a Nazi death camp, she said, No matter how deep our darkness, he is deeper still. Does he descend into violence? Yes. By suffering it and leaving us the solution that to this day only a few brave souls have dared to try. The most notable in our memory, not even a Christian, but a Hindu. Does he descend into insanity? Yes, into that darkness too. Even into the insanity of suicide? Can he be there too? Yes, he can. Even the darkness is not dark to him. He finds or makes light even there in the darkness of the mind, though perhaps not until the next world, until death's release. Love is why he came. It's all love. The buzzing flies around the cross, the stroke of the Roman hammer as the nails tear into his screamingly soft flesh, the infinitely harder stroke of his own people's hammering hatred, hammering at his heart. Why? For love. God is love. As the sun is fire and light, and he can no more stop loving than the sun can stop shining. 
Henceforth, when we feel the hammers of life beating us on our heads or on our hearts, we can know, we must know that He is here with us, taking our blows. Every tear we shed becomes His tear. He may not yet wipe them away, but He makes them His. Would we rather have our own dry eyes or His tear-filled ones? He came. He is here. That is the salient fact. If He does not heal all our broken bones and loves and lives now, He comes into them and is broken like bread, and we are nourished. And He shows us that we can henceforth use our very brokenness as nourishment for those we love. Since we are His body, we too are the bread that is broken for others. Our very failures help heal others' lives. Our very tears help wipe away tears. Our being hated helps those we love. When those we love hang up on us, He keeps the lines open. God's answer to the problem of suffering not only really happened 2,000 years ago, but it is still happening in our own lives. The solution to our suffering is our suffering. All our suffering can become part of His work, the greatest work ever done, the work of salvation, of helping to win for those we love eternal joy. Friends, I think that these words are powerful. And as, as Peter mentioned several times, there's several places where we wonder, is God really present in the midst of this? Has he felt the things that, that I feel? Has he felt oppression? Has he felt brutalization? Has he felt violence? Has he experienced these things? And the truth is, he has. He has. And during the season of Lent, as we prepare next week to understand what Jesus went through on the cross on our behalf, we can be reminded yet again that He suffered as we have suffered. He suffers as we suffer, even to this moment, even to this day. And His suffering was made complete on the cross when He said, It is finished, and carrying the sins of the world on His shoulders he declared victory over death, over a grave. One of the things Peter mentioned in his writing was a text from Psalm 139 that I want to read. Reading verses 7 on, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. My friend, if you have ever asked the question, in the midst of your own pain, the midst of your own tragedy, the midst of your own consternation with the things that are going on in this world, if you have ever asked, where is God? 
Just as David, the psalmist, the author here of Psalm 139 wrote, where can I go from you? Where can I get away from your spirit? Where can I get away from your presence? The truth is, there is nowhere you can go where God cannot be. There is no place that is too dark. And many have said it. Many Coloradans feel right now that we are in the midst of a dark and evil place and time with what has happened. And we are revisited again with the memories of what has happened in our past. But even there, even in that darkness, God enters in. God makes light those places that are dark. And so my prayer for you, hopefully your prayer for me, our prayer for those who live in Boulder, Colorado, our prayers for those who live in any part of the world and every part of the world, in any part of history, in any part of time which is to come, where we experience the brutality, the violence, the effects of sin and death, no matter what uh, race, religion, creed we come from, those who have endured suffering, if we would but just realize that God can enter into that space, that He too can be one of us. He has made Himself one of us and has suffered as we did to redeem and to reclaim. My friend, I hope you know God is there with you in your moment, in your difficulty, in your struggle. Reach out to Him. Call upon His name. Let me pray. God, this isn't quite how I planned or what I planned for the podcast today. And there's too much pain in this world. It would be narrow of me to think of only what has happened in Boulder, Colorado, the past couple of days. There have been many more atrocities which have happened in our nation, in our world and throughout all time. And throughout all of those things, you have entered in to the space of that pain and that suffering with your love, with your sacrifice. Your son, Jesus Christ, dying on a cross over 2,000 years ago, has made the way to make things right. In the midst of our darkness, May we catch a glimpse of that light. May we see and feel you in the midst of the far reaches of the places where we feel that we are unreachable, unsavable. Lord, for the families and the people that have lost their loved ones in this shooting, in the shootings of Atlanta, in the things that have gone on in the past year through the global pandemic, comfort and be near. And be near to us as well, Lord, we pray. Amen. This is Reb Brad coming to you from The Touchline.